Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Uh-huh. I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock, look at the view from the top, researching rookies a lot, no, I just be listening to pods, yeah, one in particular, I'm just a messenger, let me just pass on the rock, browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing, what he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things, and there's Dennis the Bennett, yeah. The man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Sly as a fox, cultured in pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare them at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Whoa. Fantasy round Table. Come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. Whoops. I don't know <laughs> if you guys could hear that. I thought we were on screen. We were not. So what's going on, everybody? Uh, much like 2020, that's exactly what should be happening right now. We have made it to the fantasy playoffs. Uh, surprisingly, it's been a been definitely a weird year. But hey, if you made it, you deserve to be here because it has been a crazy year. We've got obviously the first game of the playoffs kicking off tonight between the Rams and the Patriots, which I'm hoping will be a good game. We're going to discuss that. We're going to go over the Tuesday night game between the Ravens and the Cowboys, a little bit of pigskin pick them, and then we will get into our weekly fireside chat about the Mandalorian with a very fun and exciting but also sad episode last week. So, Matt, how you doing on this Thursday? Doing pretty good. You know, I think uh, that opening was a fitting tribute, you know, to the, to the empty spot uh, that we don't get for some of our fantasy teams uh, like your – Poor team where you got bounced out there. You want I got bounced out more than just one, my friend. More than just one. Huh. So how many leagues did you make the playoffs? Fifteen. Which sounds like a lot until you find out how many leagues I'm actually in. So I didn't even make it in in half right now. So I made it just over half. I'm nineteen. 
But I guess I could say in fairness, and I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, I really don't pay any attention to Sleeper, and I've got 15 leagues on Sleeper, so most of those, I have one in Sleeper that actually made it. The rest of them just did not. It's it's been it's one amazing of those years. that you set that lineup in September and it held up all the way to December. I I checked that one periodically, mostly because people would send me a message about, hey, bro, you, you realize you haven't shit your lineup? You're, oh, yeah, thanks for the reminder. And go over there and do it really quick. I just, it's like if I were to show you my phone, I've got like seven screens of apps and sleepers on the last page, and I just don't always get to it. I get so See, caught up with all my MFL gotta, leagues. And, you got to do, you know, the thing. Where you just put one chunk that says fantasy, and then you know they're all in I one like, place. I like the chaos, though. I like the chaos on my phone. It makes it makes it uh, interesting. I'm a, I'm a man of uh, certain things, and I just I like my phone and I like my apps in certain places. And I mean, I've been I've been very honest and probably openly, maybe a little bit too openly critical on this show about sleeper. I just don't like it that much. It's just not for me. You know, MFL is not for some people. Some people don't like ESPN, Yahoo. For me, that's sleeper. I just, I don't, I, I just, I don't know. I don't like the interface. Way like to kill game. off a sponsor opportunity. Nah, they reached out and I told them anyways, like, we don't want you. Get out of here. No, I'm just kidding. No, I would love for them to be part of the show. I would, I would love sleeper very much so. In uh, fact, he'll move all of his 95 leagues onto your platform. We're dropping down. I'm hoping to drop down to like 12, 12 to 15 next year. I got to just got to cut some leagues out. Only the ones time. you made the playoffs in. No, actually, most of them, most of the ones I really care about, I didn't make the playoffs in, which is why it's been such a crushing season. But <laughs> I, my other problem is, and I, I remember I talked to uh, probably with both you guys about this last year, is I just invest in the same players so much that yeah. if it kind of like I have so many shares of Barkley, Kittle, Chubb, and those injuries this year have just killed me. So, I mean, that's what killed me. I was talking to uh, in the nerd, uh, in our nerd Slack channel the other day. Uh, everybody was talking about who made the playoffs. I was like, yeah, I'd have loved to make the playoffs considering I had, you know, Chubb, Kenny Galladay, and George Kittle. And uh, Chubb and Kittle going down pretty much the entire season really kind of killed my chances of of doing anything in that. So wasn't I will, fun. Uh, I will say I will apologize in advance if I drop off a little bit. Uh, I got what I hope is a cold, and, uh, but I've, I've tested against the possibility of the other this morning. Yeah. It's been a fun time. It's been a fun time. You know, every December I feel like you get some kind of respiratory ailment probably yeah. here because we went from like 20 degrees to 70 degrees back down to today. It's supposed to snow again. But now uh, in 2020, you can't uh, you can't take anything for granted. So people who have chronic sinus issues, uh, this is your Waterloo. There, there is no such thing as a common cold anymore, unfortunately. That's just the, the world we currently live in. So, Tuesday night football game. Ravens beat the Cowboys 34-17 for Dallas. Dalton, 17 points. Zeke, 13. Yeah. Could you use that 13 last week, Zeke? Gallup, 21. How, how crushing was it for you to watch him get three goal line carries and get jam, jammed up every time? I mean – Honestly, probably not that much. I'm gonna. I didn't watch the entire game, anyways. But I feel like if he would have gotten it, because I'd have put him at right about 20 points. I think then I'd have been more pissed because I would have needed four more. And as we've talked about on the show a lot, 
my my string of losses by four points was very frustrating this year. And so had he gotten to that like 1920 threshold, I would have been down by like it would have been four point eight points or something like that for me to win and get to the playoffs. And then for him to then lose, I, I just it'd have been very defeating. It'd have been very hard for me to come back and even play fantasy well, next year. So, and so, uh, you know, I had one game where I needed to win to get in the playoffs and I was yeah. up by like 0.5 points and he had Elliot. So I'm watching that kind of fretting. And at the same time, watching my, my friend who, you know, it was going to be her first time getting a team in the playoffs. She's a diehard Browns fan like uh-huh. you. So it's been, nice. you know, her team's called Brown town. She needed the, this other, team to lose who had Zeke and was down by two points. And so I'm watching those three plays and I'm like, Oh my God, this is stressful. And then on the last drive, you know, because Baltimore doesn't know how to run the entire clock down. Yeah. Like a bunch of chumps. I'm watching, I'm watching, I'm watching. I'm like, Oh my God, they put in Tony Pollard. It's over. Cause people are like, no, no, we still got to drive. And I'm in the chat and I'm like, no, Elliot's on the bench. He's done. Yeah. It was, uh, you know, it is, it is what it is. I guess you can say. You know, it makes just yeah. I really don't have much for it. It's, it's yeah. very, it is it's very disappointing. Well, but Dallas's offense played, I thought, not too badly. They played well enough to win. You yeah. know, we make we make comments about primetime Andy. He wasn't the problem. They have no defense, and I honestly I don't think I realized until I was watching pregame on Tuesday night. Not only did they get rid of a defensive coordinator who's doing a good job and put in Mike Nolan who. Yeah, it's not Mike Nolan with no offseason program changed their scheme without changing the personnel for that yep. scheme. A three, four and a four, three are radically different. Yeah. If you have great personnel for a three, four, you don't have great personnel necessarily for a four, three. Yep. And that is what's happening to Dallas. Yep. And that and in all honesty, that's part of the issues uh, Cleveland had. Uh, last year because they did the same thing when they brought in um but at least they had some otas to actually practice well dallas does this you have no preseason games you have like the world's most limited off season yeah yeah it was well and and, you know i think that speaks to kind of i know nobody likes for the players at least if a player is going to speak out put your name on it nobody likes the anonymous sources thing but i think that kind of speaks to what we were hearing at the beginning of the year where cowboys fans were cowboys fans cowboys players we're coming out and kind of bashing the coaching staff a lot because they're like, these guys don't prepare well, they don't make adjustments, all this other stuff. So again, I, I don't, I feel like I'm seldomly right on this show. So I'm just going to continue to point out that I did not think this was a good move for Dallas bringing in Mike McCarthy and this supposed analytics driven coaching staff that he said he had. And I'll be, once we get into the off season, I'll be very curious to see if maybe he's a one and done. I don't know. I know that they lost Dak, but. I think they'll they fire their defensive coordinator, but I don't think they'll fire McCarthy. We'll see. I don't know. I, I think, well, he's he's paying them a lot of money, actually, isn't Well, he? also, the offensive staff they retained was Garrett's offensive staff. So. Well, just the, one, just the one person, Kellen Moore. That's because but that was. That the one most important. By, well, right, but, but I think you, know, you could you could their argue offense that hasn't been very good. Their usage of Ezekiel Elliott's been suspect. See, but I wonder if that is a sometimes McCarthy they forget thing. that Mike Mike Gallup exists or Michael Gallup lives on their team. Well, that part well, that's because they drafted Ceedee Lamb because Jerry Jones is an idiot when he should have gone defense. But on the Zeke thing, let me. 
I honestly wonder if that's more of a McCarthy thing because they used Zeke a lot last year. He just wasn't effective. Like that was kind of all of our biggest arguments last year, right? Was they were using him and then they had to start using Pollard because Zeke just, and I'm sure we all felt it was, at least I did. I, I won't speak for you, but I felt like some of it had to do with he held out for so long, came back, had the shortened training camp and preseason stuff. I felt like never really got into a groove. They were still using yeah. him a ton. What a lot of people have pointed out, even what I brought up, is when they hired Mike McCarthy, I always thought he was more of a run-heavy coach. But then we went back and looked at the stats in the offseason. I'm like, okay, he's actually more like 70-30 run. And now some of it we don't know, especially the last couple of years, is we heard all the rumors that Rodgers was checking out of plays and whatnot, but still it was heavy pass. And I don't think Rodgers well, was doing that for multiple years. But he used to run a fair amount when he had better running backs. When, some of, he, some yeah. of those years well, he didn't have great running backs. But yeah. my, my thing would be they retained Kellen Moore and he's still calling the plays. So that I we know I'd, yet. Well, I mean – that's, well, that's the thing. Like head coaches have the it goes back to the the gaze thing we talked about a couple weeks ago, right? It's like, oh well, this guy's calling the plays unless we're in this situation or this situation, this situation, then I'm calling the play. Like we know that Kellen Moore is the offensive coordinator, but Mike McCarthy's the head coach, so he technically has say over whatever happens. We don't know that he may not be saying, no, no, we're going to run these plays here, and and that's we we won't know. I don't think they're going to come out and say that, and they may not be. I just. I don't want to put it all on McCarthy. I don't because no. it's not all his fault. Some of this is the players not executing on the and field. Injuries, but I, and maybe they have the wrong players. Yeah, I just I feel like from what we saw out of this team, I mean, I'm the constant cowboy hater on this show, and I feel like this team has taken a big step backwards. Even when they had Dak, they did not look yeah. aggressive. I would say if nothing else, they have to do something else on defense. Yes, for sure. Defense has been their biggest liability. I mean, even when they had Dak, he was putting up 30 or 40 points, and it wasn't enough. That's yeah. – I mean, look at that game they played with the Browns. The Cowboys scored a lot of points. They just couldn't ever stop anything that Cleveland yeah. was doing. And, they, you know, if Atlanta doesn't beat themselves, Dallas is probably a 2-10 and 10 team right now. Yep. Yeah, that's that's the even worse part about it is the fact that everybody seems to forget they li- they in my opinion should have been zero and four. They they were not. And again, I, I you're right. The offense was good. I still say that Browns game they kind of almost pulled they what they did against the Titans where they just kind of seemed to come out relaxed in the second half after like blitzing them like they did the Titans. And the difference was the Cowboys' offense is more explosive than the Titans offense. So they were able to get themselves right back into that game really quick. And the Cowboys kind of, not the Cowboys, I'm sorry, the Browns got blitz. But yeah, it'll, they're going to be an interesting team to talk about this offseason. I mean, they're going to end up the good thing for them, I would think. If Jerry Jones isn't, you know, going to be a bonehead about his draft decision, they're going to be high up in the draft. So they have a chance to get a really good defensive player, which they need help on. The interesting yeah, thing is going to be. They'll probably take Kyle Fitz. I know that's what someone brought up the other day when we were talking in a Discord channel. It's like, well, they need a tight end around. I'm like, don't do this to that kid and don't do this to Cowboys well, offense. Do they need a tight end? Because Schultz has been fine. And Blake Jarwin actually looked good before. Don't forget, they signed Blake Jarwin yeah. to a bigger contract due to his ACL. That's not his fault. Well, I don't think they need a tight end, but you know what? I'll be honest with you. I didn't think they really needed another wide receiver, and they still went and took yeah. CD Lamb from and all the rumors because they didn't want the Eagles to get him, which is the dumbest strategy I've heard of ever. I mean, I get that in like a fantasy football thing. Oh, I'm going to take CD Lamb because at least he's a good wide receiver and stop Matt Fox from getting him, who I know needs a wide receiver. Okay, great. In fantasy football, we're talking real life football here, Jerry Jones. Are you fucking kidding me? 
you need help on defense. You got guys well, like me out there running around trying to cover wide receivers. And suddenly, though, too, and this could have a bearing on Ezekiel Elliott's play, too, they might actually need another offensive lineman because they lost a yeah. couple of guys to you know retirements and other things. Offensive line, they used to have the road grader number one offensive line. And I think that covered up a lot of things during a couple of those years when they were hanging around 500. Uh, because they were able to protect and they were able to do things. They took a significant hit there, and we're seeing it. Yeah, and again, being being that high up on the uh, the board, there is a couple offensive linemen that a lot of people feel are uh, the top of this class, so that could be a route that they go. And I wouldn't hate that pick, though, either. Shoring up your offensive line is never a bad pick. If they go offensive line or defense, obviously I think that they help their team out. I just – I have a feeling we're going to see him or they're going to draft another running back because, you know, they're like, well, we need to get a, get more of a rotation going here. So it's going to be fun to see. What Travis ATN, come there, on down. Yeah, there we go. On, uh, on Baltimore side, Jackson, 25 points, Dobbins, 13, Edwards, 10, uh, Hollywood Brown, 14, and Miles Boykin, 10. Second good game for Brown in a, uh, in a row. Are you starting to believe in him? So Ingram or Andrews comes back this week. I would like to see. Hopefully, yes. Has he been cleared for sure? Yeah, I was... I'm pretty sure they said okay. he was tracking toward being cleared. I guess with the Ravens, you never know. We know Dez isn't coming back because even though he says he had two yeah. negative tests, they put him on the COVID list today. So yeah, something's not adding up there. Plus, he kind of rage quit on. Yeah, I mean, that, it's kind of on you, man. You said you wanted to quit. I mean, I get being upset. I know yeah. he wanted to go out there and play against the Cowboys, but. To, to get pulled off the field and, and everything that's going on right now, it sucks. But if they say you tested positive, you've got to come off the field, man. You're risking other players' health. And then for you to just go throw a temper tantrum on Twitter, which I thought was just perfectly poetic because as he's doing that, they're running the uh, the interview that he did with Tony Gonzalez. And Tony Gonzalez saying, oh, he's so mature now. He's he's really aged well, and he's such a mature player. And then he's on Twitter, I hate everybody. I quit. And I'm like, all right, bro. Like, just calm down. Tony Gonzalez was just happy he found a player whose name he could actually remember. Somebody he played with. So uh, Sneed and Andrews are allegedly – going to be ready and back for that Monday night game. We have talked before. It's it's If you're going to attack the Browns, you'd be better off trying to do it through the air than on the ground. They have a pretty good run defense. I want to see does Brown continue to have a factor in what's not a terrible passing game matchup when the other guys are back, or was he kind of the last guy there? Because aside, he had a decent game. I don't want to take anything away. I mean, but a lot of his points came on one twenty yard strike, you know. Yeah. So that's like nine points out of a fourteen. And same thing really the week before. He caught in what was a little bit of trash time a seventy seven yard yeah. touchdown strike that vaults him up there. So yeah, I'm happy to see him getting more involved. We've said before big plays are kind of the thing that he needs. And that's really what he was thriving on a lot last year, too, was yeah. a big touchdown pass. It's nice to see they have remembered that he's alive and part of the offense. I hope they still remember that when they get some of their other receivers back. Yeah, it's going to be um, interesting because I don't, I don't think anybody on the Browns really matches up with him. It doesn't look like Ward's going to be back in time, and that's the one guy I think could somewhat keep him in check. <laughs> 
Uh, and, and I know, I think Stefanski said today he wouldn't rule him out, but I, I feel like with the calf strain, he's probably at least going to be gone for one more week. But it's going to be an interesting matchup. I'll be interested. I mean, the one thing I will say about the uh, the Browns' defense is they, you're right, they've, they've played a little bit better, especially in the first half. The past couple of weeks, they've done a really good job of kind of blitzing teams in that first half and, and getting leads and then using the run game as almost like a defense to keep the offense off the field, uh, which in a way is what Baltimore does as well, which I think makes is what makes next week's matchup such an interesting matchup outside of, obviously, the the playoff implications that, that are well, in play for both teams. If the Steelers lose on Sunday Night Football, which I think is a decent possibility, the Browns could be going to that game with the chance to be one game back with three yeah. moves to play, which would be a pretty awesome position to be in. Yeah, I mean, it'll be – I want to get ahead of myself. Ravens are not an easy team to beat, and we have yet to see the Browns be able to do it outside of once in the past six years that I can think of. Freddie Kitchens blitzed them a couple years ago. Or was that – yeah, mm-hmm. last year, actually, back in week three or four. The one, one of the very few good showings we saw of the Cleveland Browns last year. All right, so Thursday night football, we've got the six and six Patriots at the eight and four Los Angeles Rams for the Patriots here. Cam Newton questionable, but he is expected to play. Uh, I mean, the Patriots have to win tonight. Uh, that being said, you have to win tonight in your fantasy football matchup as well. Do you trust playing anybody on New England in your fantasy uh, playoff matchup? I'm really not. If I can help it, you know, I think Cam's a QB too. Um, he, you know, he has some upside, um, but he's a QB too. Damian Harris has run strong. I think he's an RB3. Uh, and then the rest of them, you know, those two receivers, Myers and Bird, we've seen them have some decent games, but they're really like wide receiver fives with some boom-bust yeah. potential. You know, <clears throat> if it ends up a game where, you know, Cam ends up wanting to throw to Myers 35 times, then, you know, he might give you points, but that's not what you're blank- banking on in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, I actually kind of like starting James White tonight. I think he could have a, a pretty big role just because I think the Rams could get up on a lead, in a lead. And when we see them with the lead, they go to James White a lot. It'll be interesting because obviously the last two times these teams played each other was in the Super Bowl. What was that three years ago now? Yeah, it's uh, an offensive shootout. Yeah, it was very bad. But we'll see if maybe if McVay's kind of come up with anything to to do differently this year. Uh, but White, for me, is the only guy I might play as like a flex play. Uh, outside of him, I'm with you. I'm, I'm kind of White. avoiding everybody Patriots-wise. It's weird. I have not seen somebody kind of just drop off with no real reasoning why as much as James White. And well, Burkhead sort of had jumped him and took that yeah. role. And Burkhead was doing all the things that you expected you were going to see from White. And White, for a game after Burkhead got hurt, seemed to do it. But the last couple of weeks, just not seeing much. Now, I know they had a pretty good game last week, I think, didn't he? I thought mm-hmm. he said it uh, like I don't mean like twenty points. I thought he's been like right around the ten twelve range the past couple weeks. I mm-hmm. could be wrong. I could have swore that's what I saw earlier. I was pretty sure I played him, but and had uh, well, the one thing I'll say, and we did talk about it, and I heard them talking about it on Sirius XM uh, NFL Radio today. Uh, they said a lot of the stuff earlier in the season uh, was mostly due to what was going on with his family, and it was affecting yeah. him more than people we knew outside of that. So that might be it. Uh, yeah, he's been right around the six point mark. It looks like. Yeah, I was gonna say because I've been playing him. I don't know where. Yeah, 
Yeah, one point one point six points last week. So maybe I wouldn't. Thirteen the week after or fourteen. Yeah, so in, in PPR he had uh thirteen and a fourteen. Um yeah. know, one against Houston, one against Arizona, but last week was three. Against Baltimore, just two, Jets just six, five against Buffalo, one against the 49ers. I mean, he's had a couple of good games. I just don't know if I trust the consistency. And I saw last week they started mixing Sony Michelle back in there. And to me, that just makes it even more of a quagmire. All right. So let's see here for the Rams aside from woods and cup, the Rams you're starting for the fantasy playoffs are. So our friend Dennis did bring up an interesting point that the Patriots usually are great at taking one thing away. And I started thinking, you know, with with their team setup, I think Woods might be the thing they're taking away, which started to make me nervous. A lot, a few other people said Cup, um, and then a couple of people were on the train that they were going to try to take the run away and make Goff beat them. So I guess it depends on what you think's going to happen. Woods and Cup to me feel like guys you have to play. Running backs, I still think Akers probably ends up with the best day in the playoff situation unless I'm very desperate, and hopefully with 16, team, 16 games and this being Thursday night, you're not that desperate. I'm, I'm not rolling out anyone. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I don't know how you can trust the running backs at all. We've seen Akers looked good, and they gave uh, Henderson some run. I actually think Henderson was starting last week until he got hurt, and then Akers mm. came in. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm not starting any of them unless you're you're desperate, and then it's just Woods and Cup uh, for me. I, I don't – with as good as that defense has been, I don't think you can start golf unless you are absolutely desperate. So Woods and Cup, fire them up. And, and even then, I'm going to be honest, I'm not necessarily sure I feel good about starting Cup. I think Woods is the only player I actually feel comfortable sliding into my lineup. Like Cup, Cup's been a little bit – up and down this year, and I almost feel like he's going to – we always talk about the – the. I feel like it's a cliche at this point. The Patriots take away somebody, and I kind of feel like that's going to end up being Cup. So, yeah, uh, it's the argument great. of a few of the people that have commented on Dennis Post yeah. that Cup, Cup's kind of their leader in targets, and he's the one that they're going to go after. Yeah. All right, so I picked the Rams to win this game. Who did you pick? I also picked the Rams. All right, speaking of picks, let's jump into our picks update for the drive-in network between all of the analysts and then our Discord channel. Yep, so uh, you had a, a pretty decent week last week, 11-4. Uh, and four. Uh, You maintained the lead in our network uh, competition, 128. I'm second with 119. Dennis uh, closing in. He's up to 114, tied with my wife uh, in third. Um, among our Discord channel, Justin's still the leader there. He's sitting at 132. You and Rob are at 128, four picks back with four weeks to play. I should have been three back, but I had to get cute with the Chargers last week, and I think that cost me. I should have just gone Patriots. You know, I didn't think the Chargers were a terrible pick. It looks bad after a 45 to nothing Well. Game. The, like I, we, we talked about, I think, on Monday, it was more of because we've never seen a rookie quarterback beat Bill Belichick. And so I was like, when I did it, and I was like, I, I really like Herbert. I think he's going to have a good matchup. Or not a good matchup. I thought he was having a good game, and I felt like the Chargers have really been in every single game. I thought more of that defense kind of being able to slow down that passing attack, which they did. It was the running attack that killed them with Cam and, and mixing in all the running backs there. And I just... 
I, I felt when I did it, I was like, man, I probably should just go Patriots. But it was also part of that, like me hoping for some good juju to send my Justin Herbert, you know, but like, hey, guy, I've got your back. And it didn't work out because it cost me to win. And I would also say, not that it matters now, obviously, but I did shoot myself in the foot, I think, back in like week nine when I forgot to pick the Thursday night game. Oh, I talked about I like on the pot. I'm like, yeah, I'm taking the Eagles. And the Eagles go out there and win and I never put my pick in. So I've, I've, I've been missing. Then again, I know Dennis – I think missed like a whole week or something like that. So. I know that probably makes his more more impressive because he's closing on us. Yeah, he was he was twelve and uh, twelve and three last week. So, all right, so that does it for the picks update. Um, I guess we'll give a minute because we don't want to give away any spoilers for anybody who has not watched the last episode of The Mandalorian: The Tragedy. Uh, so, if you guys are going to leave now, we'll be back tomorrow. Me, Matt, and Dennis uh, to recap the Thursday night game and then preview. The rest of actually a full NFL slate, no more bye weeks. So we'll have and a full, NFL a full slate. traditional NFL slate. One tonight, as of right now. Let's four, not get ahead of on Sunday, one on Monday. Let's not get too ahead of ourselves. Something could go wrong, but we definitely hope. And I think the only team that was dealing with anything COVID was with Carolina, and they saw us all this morning. They did not have any more new positives. So yeah. that is that is trending toward. Everybody being able to play in, uh, obviously, week one of the fantasy football playoffs. So we are now going to jump in. Uh, as as I just mentioned, that this will be a spoiler discussion. There's a lot that happened in this episode. So if you have not watched it, please turn it off now because I hate when people <laughs> Ricky <laughs> spoil shit for me about things that I really want to see. Sean McCoy. Yeah, so please, please, we do not want to spoil this for you. If you have not watched the episode and don't want to hear anything about last week's Mandalorian episode, we'll see you tomorrow. That being said, all right, so I'm going to change up a little bit here. Uh, I want to start with Boba Fett because back in action, looked aw- it awesome. It was cool to see Actually, him back in. looked awesome for the first time, really. We yeah. We don't really see him do a lot other than narc out Han and Leia yeah. and fall into the Sarlacc. Well, so that's what I was going to bring up because a lot of people have always viewed him as a, a villain of the Star Wars universe, right? And now yeah. that we've kind of seen what Mandalorians have always been about and everything else, it almost seems like he's actually, I mean, he's just following mm-hmm. his own kind of beaten path. It was It was what it was while the Empire was in charge. Yes, he did what he did. Tahan, obviously working for Jabba Hub, you got to get paid. Comes out, I mean, he, this is the first we've actually seen of any kind of real character development for Boba Fett, and it was cool to see. I really enjoyed the episode. I, I thought having him in there, and obviously the him blowing up the ship part, I thought was just awesome. Uh, but what were your kind of like takeaways of of Boba Fett? And does that change? I guess the what how you've always viewed the character since really episodes what five and six, right? Am I remembering correctly? Yeah. Well, so first of all, you don't want to be considered a villain. You want to hang out with Darth Vader and Jabba the friggin' Hut. You know, you when you, you got to do what you got to do to survive. Sometimes. Second, I would say his motivation sort of uh, becomes a little more understandable when you watch the prequels, because as a young child, he saw his father beheaded by the Jedi. Yeah. You know, yeah. so you know, if you have a family member that's that's killed by by an order, you might not look favorably upon yeah, them. Yeah, I so. mean, if, if Baker Mayfield showed up and beheaded my father, I probably wouldn't be a Browns fan anymore. I think that's fairly fair, fair to say. So, I mean, that's all that would happen? You know, you just stop stop watching the Browns games? No, I mean, I'm just saying, you know, I'm trying to, you know, put <laughs> like, hey, Baker comes sliding in. 
like, you know, I mean, that slide is damn sexy. I can't stop watching it, man. It's so damn good. So I was good. Anyway, like, um, first of all, it's led to some great memes because they show, you know, it wasn't the same actor, by the way, probably yeah. in in the original ones, but they show like Boba Fett from Empire Strikes Back versus Boba Fett wearing the armor now, and they're like yeah. COVID, COVID yeah. twenty yeah. or me pre COVID, me post COVID in my yeah. armor. So that's been a great meme. But you know, he was he is a kick ass fighter. Um, it makes sense. If he was, so you find out his father was a foundling, which is what uh, Jin Jaren, our main uh, Mandalorian, was. So, you know, probably imparted some of the, the ways of Mandalorian order to his son. You see him kind of holding that nobility and honor. He's obviously drawn to uh, somebody who has the same kind of background and same kind of culture as him. And we've known before that he was a man of his word, you know, they gave him a job and he went and hunted those people. That was his job. And that's what he did here. He made a deal with, with Mando. And I think they're setting up. It was awesome to see him actually in action. I don't think the movie, you know, I think the really unfair thing about the movies is they talk about him about being this great and dangerous fighter, but they never really gave him any opportunity to do anything as a character in those films. Yeah. Here we, we give him a chance. And I, he was really impressive. So is Ming-Na Wen coming back. I can't remember yeah. what her character name, but you know the the she was another bounty hunter. I'll look so it up. He's, yeah, he's starting to put together that super team. You know, you see him go find Cara Dune at the end. It looks like you know the the band's coming back together. You figure Grief Cargo probably going to go with them. You know, maybe he'll call his his old Mandalorian friends and say, "Hey, we're we're all hunting the same guy because we already know that Bo Katan wants to get Moff Gideon." So. She would be motivated to get Moff Gideon for other reasons, but hey, you know, take the help. I think we're we thought that it was going to kind of track toward at some point losing uh, Grogu and him yeah. trying to put a team of super soldiers together to go fight the Empire and get him back, and that certainly seems to be tracking along with what we're seeing. This was episode six of an eight episode season, so we have episode tomorrow and then one the following week. I'll be curious to see where we end up. Uh, Fennec Sand, which I forgot about that because she was back in. For those of you who don't remember, season one, if I'm remembering, yeah, correctly. it was like the middle of season one, yeah, where they go out into the middle of uh Tatooine and they're trying to hunt her down. And he's got the other, um, I don't think he's another bounty hunter, it might have been with him as they're trying to track her down. It was the guy that wanted to get into the guild, I think the kind of cavalier yeah. young guy, he gets he ended up getting killed, yeah. So yeah, I'm with you. I mean, and, and that's the the one thing with um, with Boba Fett, and, and and the more I've thought about it, I'm I'm I've been thinking it's like, man, we really kind of gave him the short end of the stick because we all love Mando, and yeah. we saw very early on in the series he did literally the same thing Boba Fett did. Like he showed no mercy to these people. He just goes he because that's his job. Now we all see him differently, I think, because of the way he's treated Grogu. We don't know that Boba Fett wouldn't have done the same thing. So for me, well, also I'm, Boba Fett's targets were characters we loved, whereas Mando, right. he's gone after people we didn't know. We didn't know. Yeah, exactly. But it'll be, well, I mean, yeah, we all loved Han, but Han comes back. You know, it's that, uh, you know, it's, uh, you gotta, you gotta give, you gotta throw some kind of, yeah, Han can't just be running around 
kissing Leia and killing bad guys and being super cool the whole time. You got to give him something to come back from. So, yeah, I, I thought, again, it, it was awesome to see some some actual character development from him, kind of seeing what he may have been this whole time that we never really got to see and, and, and kind of at least exploring that character a little bit more. Uh, by the end of the episode, as you mentioned, it looked like Mando was uh, building a super group here to go hunt Grogu. Uh, do we think that the confrontation comes this season? I think probably in the finale, whether it gets resolved or not um, is another question, but I think we'll have, it looked like they're setting up this next episode is going to be keeping building the team. I, for some reason, he wants to go get Bill Burr's character out of prison. Uh, I think because he probably knows the, uh, it seemed like, he, yeah, and the Empire so well. So I think that would be my guess. But obviously, I don't know. Yeah, we got to solve my favorite character. What's up, girl? My favorite, my favorite. Uh, no, no comments about how she looks in her armor. She looks amazing, amazing, amazing in her armor. Um, we did see as well uh, the very interesting uh, part with Grogu, who's kind of gaining strength with his powers in this episode, sitting up there up on the uh, uh, the Jedi Temple, obviously for for a long time, having that whole thing going on. And we saw him very slap a bitch. Interestingly, messing with the stormtroopers, which I would also. Well, I'll save that. I'll ask you a follow-up question here, but what do you expect to see from him moving forward where it seems like he's really starting to show his Force powers? Yeah, when you got the from Ahsoka Tano that he had a lot of more training um, than he was letting on, and he had a lot more mastery of his power that he had kind of hidden that away because he felt like he needed to to save himself. And, you know, is it being awakened? We've seen him starting to pick it up. Also... I mean, it was cool watching him do some of that to the stormtroopers, but it also gave me a little bit of a moment of pause because there's been some concern. That's what I was going to ask you. Know, they've made copious references to him possibly being evil. That would be heartrending. Yeah. Please, please don't do it, Favreau. That, the guy that's that, I really believe that the man that gave us Elf is going to to jack us like that i mean it would be a phenomenal plot twist i mean it would almost be and i hate to say this because then people are gonna say oh well we all saw it coming but we i don't think anybody's gonna see it coming but it's almost a darth vader <laughs> i am your father moment if, if he but ends up turning evil it more reminds me of not to you know another show that you and i love game of thrones where it's not that they didn't give hints that daenerys had a dark side it's when you see that kind of become the villain yeah that this show has given us some you know has put out into the world <clears throat> that our little friend may not be you know the first time he sees cara dune he tries to force choker yeah so i mean he's put out into the world that he might not be pure of heart i just right. don't know if i'll be I don't know how I'll feel if it actually happens. Well, that's the thing is that we've seen it, but we don't want to believe it. And so if they actually go that route, though. So I feel like I need to bring this up because this is I don't I have not seen this till literally just now. So did you see that Hayden Christensen is coming back to play Darth Vader? No, I didn't see that breaking news but it's got to be in the obi-wan kenobi it is yeah. for obi-wan kenobi yes he is returning to after 10 years to come back and play darth vader in the obi-wan you know, i'm gonna go out and say that he may not be the world's greatest actor but if you actually watch attack of the clones which is the movie where he gets maligned for and you listen 
to that dialogue? Could you have delivered the dialogue oh, about yeah. band without anyone with thinking, what the hell is going on? Natalie Portman, who we've seen win an Academy Award, nominated for several Academy Awards, also looks like she needs acting lessons in those movies. So I'm just saying, it may not be them. Yeah, I... I... Look, I mean, again, I was younger. I haven't really gone back and watched them that much, but I just feel like there was a lot wrong with those three movies, and it, yeah. not, it was not just the acting. Some of the writing, like, why was Jar Jar even really a part of those movies? I felt like they killed off Darth Maul way too quick. Like, there's so many things I would have done different. Like, I, I mean, just speaking personally, we'll get right, we'll get back to, uh, we'll get back to Mandalorian. We can, we can have like a Star Wars talk in the off season, maybe because. We're not have much else to talk about right now. It looks like, um, you know, I like I would have loved to see some kind of like Darth Maul and Count Dooku kind of team up there throughout the two and three before well, something happens. But and uh, you have to wonder if we are going to see something. So we've seen Darth Maul come back in Solo, a Star Wars story. Yeah, he apparently has a role in the Clone Wars shows and stuff too. Yeah, I haven't gotten yeah. all the way through there. So canonically, they did bring him back and with this new kind of Star Wars creative team, they're talking about 10, 10 live action Star Wars shows in total. In the next I'd love years. to see Darth Maul show. I would. The only thing, my only concern is do you get too much of a good thing? Like I love Mandalorian, but it's something new and something different and something yeah. continuing this story. I, you know, you don't want to get to a place. This is what I feel like they did with the movies. Everyone was super pumped when they were going to bring back Star Wars, and then we started getting one a year, and the quality didn't always hold up, and it became ah, uh, I don't know if I need well, to all the time anymore. I think I think possibly the difference with the shows because Mandalorian's held up. Now some of that may be Favreau; he's phenomenal. Right, it's you're talking I mean, about eight episodes, right? Well, that's what I'm talking about. That's year. That's what, but that's what they're doing with Obi Wan too. They're not making it movies, which is what I'm. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like I think if they were to bring out a Darth Maul thing and like say, okay, like maybe it's like a, I don't see how they move away from Mandalorian being every year now with this as big a hit as that goes. But like say maybe Obi Wan comes out and it's great, but we don't love it as much as Mandalorian, and it becomes like an every other year thing. Because I've heard, yeah. I've seen them talking about stuff. I'm bringing the uh, the guy who played Young Han Solo and doing something else with him, possibly. Like I would love to see just because. Again, I think Darth Maul, and as all in all honesty, a lot like Boba Fett, like he's a character that a lot of Star Wars fans love because mm -hmm. of just how cool he was in the movies. And we don't get to see him that much. You get like two fight scenes out of him, and that's it. And it's done in Ray Park, who is obviously phenomenal with all of his. I don't want to be like disrespectful and saying his jujitsu stuff, but the things that he does, what you know, he's famous for for being uh, in the GI Joe movies. He plays. Uh, Snake Eyes, and he also plays uh, Nightcrawl. Not Nightcrawler. Um, who is he in the X Men movies? Toad, right? In yeah, the first he one. Toad. Yeah, he, I mean he's phenomenal at what he does with that stuff. So I would love to see some guy again. It doesn't have to be like some three, you know, three season, twelve episode things, but even just like a season of Darth Maul, just to kind of see stuff about him, learn more about his character. I, I'd love it. So. Yeah, and I mean you can do it. I just. You know, we saw too. They tried to do that with some of the Marvel ones on Netflix. And when Daredevil came out, it was great. It was different. It was awesome. Jessica Jones, second one out. You're like, oh, that's pretty good too. But then Nick Cage, okay. Luke and then Cage. Iron yeah, Fist, or yeah, Luke, Luke Cage. Cage is kind and of hard to do. Iron I Fist, think. And you're like, bro, 
See, I didn't think, well, I, I I guess I can't say this because I didn't finish season two, but I didn't think Iron Fist, from what I've seen of season two so far, I didn't think it was that bad. I, I didn't watch also, the full thing. If anyone wondered if we were nerds outside of our pursuits of fantasy oh, yeah, football no. this last 20 minutes, we'll just, yeah, you know. It's solidified. Yeah. This is the but, clip we uh, clip if we ever end up on a dating service again. Right. So you you say that though, but then Punisher comes after all them, and John. I mean, again, part of that is probably because of the actor they cast. Mm-hmm. John Bernthal was just perfect fit for Punisher. That was phenomenal. Like, I think part of it was Luke Cage is just kind of a hard hero to to do a, a whole story around on top of. That I felt like kind of limited things that you could do, probably special effects and money wise. I felt like kind of limited it. Like he was Luke Cage, I think I hate to say it this way, was kind of like made for a specific audience, if that makes sense. And and yeah. it's not a hero that like we may be very well invested in. Again, I actually didn't hate Luke Cage. I enjoyed it. I actually enjoyed it. I didn't hate it. I mean, I watched all of them, but I'm just you know, I'm I'm curious to see what they do. It's just when they start talking about they're going to have 10, 10 series. I'm like, uh, you know, I want to hold. And I don't want it to diminish the quality yeah. that we're seeing or the kind of interconnected or, you know, we can't get more of, you know, a Bo-Katan in Mandalorian where it makes sense and would be interesting to see because she's got her own show that she's got going on. And, you know, I, I'll be curious to see what they do right now. I'm, I'm savoring the Mandalorian. I am kind of interested in the, the Obi-Wan show. I liked you and McGregor in that role. I think that time frame between uh, episode three and four could be an interesting time to explore. Cause obviously the empire takes, takes a big hold, you know, yeah. do we end up seeing OG Yoda, you know, maybe popping up in that show because he would be the only other one left. They talked about force ghost Qui-Gon Jinn. Yeah. popping up to meth that could be interesting there's another you know phantom menace you're right killed off one of the potentially most interesting jedi and one of the most potentially yeah. interesting villains so there there's french stuff to touch on i also would if some of these are going to explore new characters and new worlds and new plots that we haven't seen that would be cool too. I feel like it's yeah. an expandable world. It's just a matter of how they're going to do it. Well, yeah, and that, see, that's what I'm saying. And I don't think that they will because they, especially with I think the freedom that they have with Disney Plus now and being able to do what they have. I, I can't. I just I personally don't think it's like I can't remember who the director is off the top of my head, but like they they brought in high end people to do this stuff. It's not like oh we're just bringing in some. I, I don't because I, I like the movie, but it's not like they're bringing in. Um, uh, the gentleman who who did all these comedies and then brought him in to do the Joker and you felt like it was not a smart move for him to oh, do it seriously. Yeah, like uh, they're bringing in people who seem to know what they're doing and and that's why like I don't see Mandalorian dropping off because although I don't think John Favreau's like going, done, it's done not like going to comedies necessarily. Screws you, John Favreau before they gave him Iron Man had most famously done Swingers, which yeah. you wouldn't say it's necessarily a logical leap right to iron man and then elf which elf is a delight elf is one of the greatest christmas movies ever made i don't watch elf and think dude this guy should be making my star yeah. wars thing but it yeah, worked but- out so sometimes you make those reaches and and it works out and people have a lot more talent than you realize yeah but that but that's my whole point is i think disney plus has more they just have more that they can do. They, I don't think yeah. they have the restrictions that like these movies had. Like we heard about the things they were doing, like 
with when they replaced J.J. Abrams with Ryan Johnson in the second one. And I think that, in all honesty, as much as I loved, I loved that one more than I think the first two, like mm-hmm. it was such a separation. I think that's what causes the issue, in my opinion, with the last three, because Abrams was trying to tell one story, and I think Ryan Johnson came in tried to tell his um, story, and it, and it kind of messed up right, the whole trilogy. If you have the right creative vision, you can make it work. Because we've seen an, a, a fascinating – and great crew of directors uh, going through Mandalorian and these stuff. You know, this this episode this week was directed by Robert Rodriguez, who is an incredible action director. Gave us From Dust Till Dawn, Planet Terror, Desperado. And you could see somebody who knows what they're doing around a good gunfight and all that stuff coming into play with this episode, The Tragedy. Um, you know, we saw Dave Filoni, who worked on Clone Wars, oh, take, take the episode prior you know, which had a very kind of Akira Kurosawa feel to it. Uh, Favreau's directed in here. Bryce Dallas, Dallas Howard, Howard gave yeah. us a great episode in episode, I think it was three. Yeah. Um, you know, talking about, you wonder what she could do with her own movie. So you can have different directors breathing into it. I think it's the clarity of vision and story focus. And that's, that's where, you know, the team Favreau and Filoni seem to have had a plan. Like we, we talked about when we talked about the name Grogu, yeah. They've known what that name was going to be since the beginning. It's early as season one. They were telling cast and crew, this is what it's going to be, and this is the significance it's going to have. That gives me a lot more trust and faith. You feel like it's actually planned out. Yeah. That could be kind of the difference, and that could be what makes these, you know, if they approach everything in that same way, we're just, you know, I would I would not be opposed to 52 weeks a year being able to have a live-action Star Wars show to, to, to put on. And I think that's kind of the goal they're trying to give us. But how are you going to do it? And and well, and that's where I think I'm, I, I would I would put my faith in them doing it right is because they have it. We've seen this new age of really since the Marvel movies came on with uh, Kevin. It was a Kevin Feige, if I'm remembering correctly, right? Is he he's the yeah. one who, who did it? So. They brought in a they they stick here. It, it's the biggest thing we complain about Warner Brothers and what DC's doing is they seem to have they're just they seem to be playing catch up instead of just being like, hey, this is what we're going to do and lay out a plan. And that's what they seem to have done at Disney and Marvel. Say, hey, this is what we're going to do. And so we've seen it now with even the Marvel shows that we keep hearing about. Look, this is what we're doing. We're putting these shows out, and this is what we're doing moving forward. And I feel like that's what they're doing with the Star Wars University. Like we've known Obi Wan Kenobi is coming. Now, some of it was halted because of stuff with Obi-Wan, yeah. with Ewan McGregor, and then obviously now with COVID not being able to shoot stuff, but they have a plan. And I think that's what is kind of what you're speaking to is why I think so, I trust them is that they're not rushing anything. It's like, this is what we're doing. This is how we're going to do it. And they're allowing the pieces to just fall into place instead of scrambling to put it together. The real question is, you know, so Disney Plus announced in the next few years, they're going to have 10 live action Star Wars. Yeah. 10 live action Marvel shows. CBS All Access is working on a number of different Star Trek shows to ensure that they basically have a Star Trek show every week. I don't know how I'm going to explain to my wife that my wife my life is about 4 days a week watching the NFL and the rest watching a combination of Marvel, Star Wars and Star Trek. Yeah. I well, feel like, I guess I feel ahead, like there's some tough times coming there. I mean, I guess for me, I'm good because I'm not a big uh, Star Trek fan, so I do, I do have that going for me at least. But yeah, it's like uh, I mean, I'm with you in college football. That's how I can't get into college football as much as you. I got to make room in my life because I still am going to end up having to watch uh, 75 Hallmark Christmas movies a year. 
Well, I think that might be the one good thing for me is for whatever reason, Mandalorian like has my my wife actually really enjoys that as well. So which I did not expect because she tries to get me to Star Trek and I'm like, kill me now. So it's oh, just, so she'll you know, be watching that while you're yeah. She Star loves Star Trek. She watches a new episode. What is it? Well, I don't think they have Discovery. the. Yeah. Picard's already over with, right? So but I think Star it's just Trek discovery is on right now, and yeah. they're working on a show about Riker, and they're working on one with Spock and uh, Captain Pike. They're basically trying to do the same thing. They've been talking about that too. They want to have a new Star Trek episode on every week, and it's going to be like a new Marvel episode, new Star Wars episode. What a time to be alive! Yeah. All right. So let's since we we've kind of really broken off topic here. Uh, Last last thing with this, so we've already kind of talked about like how big of an uh, you know we 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 kind of expected Grogu at some point to get taken. We've seen him now get taken by Moff Gideon. Two episodes left. What are you expecting from tomorrow's episode? And we'll close it out. I think tomorrow's going to be about building the team. You know that portion of like the Magnificent Seven where you see him going around finding all the gunfighters and putting them together to get ready to defend the town. You know we saw. Obviously, he's got Boba Fett with him. He went and picked up Cara Dune at the end. Going to go get that other guy. We figure that's not going to be enough. And then they have to figure out how to find Moff Gideon. And I would guess the finale is some kind of a showdown. Probably ends on a cliffhanger, knowing our luck. That's what I was about to ask. So do you think we see any resolution with possibly Moff Gideon? And I want to, my last thing, because I know it's a Mandalorian thing. Do you think we get to find out anything more about the dark saber? Because clearly Grogu knows about it as well from what Moff Gideon kind of hinted at. And I honestly don't know much about it. So maybe I'm just in the dark here, but I, I don't know how outside of them mentioning it there with uh, Bo-Katan, I, I really don't know why it's so significant. Yeah. I, I know it was a part of uh, rebels. Um, and that Bo-Katan had yeah, it at that time. Yeah, I haven't watched all of that, but I know from reading about it, Bo-Katan had it in Rebels and somehow has lost it. That's why she knew about it and is trying to get it back. Um, so I'm sure that will come into play some. I actually think that's going to be a reason. So, you know, Bo-Katan and Mando went separate ways uh, at the end of their episode because they had separate interests. You know, she wants to find Moff Gideon and the sword. He wanted to get Grogu, you know, to the Jedi. But now their interests are aligned. So I have to believe, you know, I don't think they just brought her in for that one sequence we saw. I think that's going to be part of uh, getting together when they realize they're chasing the same thing or going. And whether that is by him reaching out to her or them ending up finding Moff Gideon at the same time and teaming up. I feel like there's going to be some kind of a team up. All right. So that will do it for us today. Again, new episode tomorrow. Do you know the name of it yet? I looked earlier. I didn't think I saw anything. I I did not see uh, the episode title. So should be at least one more interesting episode before a big finale. Uh, We'll obviously the episode title title will be the filler. Yeah, <laughs> we will. We will definitely discuss it, obviously, next Thursday as well. If you got players going tonight, good luck. Enjoy the Thursday night football game. And we will be back again tomorrow with Dennis to recap the game and preview the rest of week 14. Prepare for glory. I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. If you got your popcorn ready. I came out the room, I was ready. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored. Thank <laughs> you.
Who can make a play? I can! Who can make a play? I can!